Hey, this is Tom Gray from This Stuff Matters. Thanks for tuning in to the This Stuff Matters podcast. We'd love to have you follow us on social media. Just search at This Stuff Matters. You can check us out on the website, thisstuffmatters.net. You can subscribe to our email newsletter there, and you can reach me there via phone or email through the website. Thank you so much. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to This Stuff Matters, the podcast. I'm John Radcliffe, along with your host, Tom Gray. Tom, how are you, sir? John, I'm doing great. Tom, we have been going through the captain's class by Sam Walker. You know, it's a book that they've, ironically, I think some of the people that they mention in this book, I'm willing to bet, as we're here in the confines of Dickey Broadcasting at 680 The Fan, if we run, went around to probably five people, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet some of the names that have come out of this book, they would miss at least three. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just it's unique it in is. its own way. And that's one of the things I've loved about it. And, you know, just one of the reasons I would highly recommend it is, yeah, you're even the you know the most knowledgeable sports person uh, around is going to encounter stories and people that you've not encountered before. You're going to you're going to broaden your understanding and perspective in, in a great way and has a huge life application kind of uh, uh, ways to, to be helpful as well. And so what we've done from here, you know, where we talked about, you know, setting standards. Well, first of all, we talked about the conviction. Right. You know, basically in your conviction on who you are and the this game changer that you're becoming, mm-hmm. it's going to be something that it's going to be ingrained in you. It's going to be deep down inside of you. Right. It's almost basically like your last name. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, your standards. Your standards are going to be that that's foundation. Yes. That foundation that you're going to build on and it's going to grow. It's your house. It, it's the house that's going to start from the base and go and take itself up. You know, that resiliency, we talked about that where you're going to have the scenario of failure is an is not an option. It's mm. just something that's going to happen. Right. But how you handle it. That's right. And when you have that moment where you have failure, you know, things that can start to become shaky is number 1 how determined you are to get to that goal mm. because there are people when their their foundation is shook a little bit they lose that determination mm. and, and all of the things that we talked about slowly start to crumble mm. and when you're losing a goal mm. you look at a football game mm. where if you're up i hate to use this analogy oh no don't do 20, it john don't do it <laughs> Like, for example, if you're up in the second half of a Super Bowl, exactly. is that what you're thinking? Oh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go get some tissues. If you're up in a football game, I won't say the score, <laughs> you become a little bit aggressive towards your teammates. You become a little bit aggressive towards everything that's going on out mm-hmm. there because your goal is falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know, when marriages fall apart, you have that scenario yeah. of – the aggression in people comes out, the mm. hostility, mm. because you've worked so hard to do all of these different things in your life, right. the house, the cars, yeah. the whatever, 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 whatever. When it starts to fall apart, mm. you start to it starts to hurt inside mm-hmm. and it starts to eat at you. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we also want to make sure that we keep those things and you can take some of these things and use them in a positive light. That, that's exactly right. And so one of the big takeaways in this book of identifying, you know, the traits of these captains, these difference makers that we want to become was they 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 were defined by an aggression but a specific kind of aggression. It's important to delineate. And in fact, in the book, they talk about a 1961 study at the University of Pittsburgh where they, you know, they kind of clarify there's this what they call the hostile kind of aggression, which obviously is 
not good and destructive and is bent on uh, punishment and pain and those kinds of things. But then they, they uh, identify what they call the, uh, the instrumental uh, aggression. This is uh, – it's kind of like taking an initiative. It's kind of being um, – the, the person who acts uh, – The go-getter. The go-getter, yeah. It, prone to a bias toward action, we might say. Not, not, not waiting around, not passive. It's, it's, a deter- it's a determination in action toward a worthwhile goal. So mm-hmm. it's that kind of aggression. you know. And I think in most sports, quite often, you say you know, the more aggressive team tends to win in lots of – competitive environments. And so capturing all the best of that mindset was one of the things that really characterized these 17 captains featured in this book. And so let's take from that. Let's learn from that. What does that mean for us? What, what, what is it we're being inspired toward? What do we need to work on perhaps to, to, to be the kind of difference makers our world needs, our family needs, and our community needs? And so it's, it's the kind of person with a bent towards or a bias towards action. And we're going to go do stuff. And, of course, that comes out of that conviction and the, and the standards we set. We don't just – you know, conviction that doesn't act isn't really conviction, I don't Correct. think. You know? So it's an action-oriented, uh, deeply held belief that we have to and we're compelled to uh, step into where we see a need. You know, we, don't, we don't wait. We create. We, we go after stuff. And, and so even in this book, he does these great illustrations, John. It's just you – know, I would love for everybody to read it. It's just that good. But – he, he identifies the way our actions, or these captains in his case, the way our actions do influence others in, in dramatic ways, maybe more than we think. You know? So the, the people around us, kind of back to how, how we, we identify that social loafing can happen, part of the catalyst for turning that around is our activity, our, in essence, this sense of aggression, mm-hmm. our aggressive pursuit of those standards and goals. People see we're, we're not just talking about it. You know, we are walking it, and we're walking it aggressively with all of our energy. You know, we're, we're initiators, not simply responders. And so he tells these stories. Uh, like, you know, uh, the, the, you know, I don't like the Boston uh, Red Sox at all, but he, he talked about how, you know, the Boston Red Sox, and they've had runs here in recent history, championships. Yeah. They've, they've been an elite team, but he points to – kind of that difference maker in their quest to get over the curse of the Bambino or whatever. You know, they, their whole thing is notorious losers for however long. He points to Jason Veritek. Mm-hmm. And he was the catcher, like we talked about, and, and maybe not the most talented guy, but he was that guy, right? So he's the the, the captain. And the the one act that he, he does a great job in the book of defining this. They, they could never quite get over the Yankees, right? Correct. But there was an instance in 2004, and it's famous, where he goes after A-Rod on the other team. They're getting a little John match, and he just all of a sudden chases him down from behind. He's the catcher ch- going down the Hands first baseline. Out. Famous yep. thing. It's famous. And they even still have videos and storytelling about this incident. But he, in the book, does an amazing job saying that act – in essence, that expert now would probably be a negative kind of aggression, but nonetheless, in this case, very dramatic. But it illustrates taking action out of conviction. We have to win. There's no option here. We're winning. I mean, it bubbled up in him so much so that it was from that point forward that the the Red Sox elevated. The whole rest of the team saw his action and goes, "Oh, I guess we are going to overcome the Yankees." If this 
numbskulls not afraid to <laughs> go fist fight A-Rod, well, maybe we are going to overcome these guys. I think there's so many points in history that you can almost look back to moments yes. like that. Well, you know, and we, we talk about great wars in history or yes. whatever the moments are. I think there's points and times of that of you take that aggression you channel it the right way. Yes. You get to that point of you know, not so much where you, you do the bonehead mistake. You see you see it so often in basketball and football. You get so annoyed, you shove the guy, and he flops to the ground, and, oh, boy, I'm hurt, and mm-hmm. flag, and it mm-hmm. hurts your team. Right. But, you know, I, I think of even as we're recording this, we're on the heels of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, if you go back and you read his pre-draft report, he wasn't the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. They said he might not have a high motor. But it was, <laughs> it was one play. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals offensive lineman shoved him. Huh. Aaron Donald hadn't done anything all game. Uh. He shoved him as just as he uh, Aaron Donald was getting a sack, taking the Bengals quarterback out of bounds. The very next play, Aaron Donald uh, gets a sack. Uh-huh. Yep. And he's taking this. And it wasn't like he went after the offensive lineman. And even as, you know, any offensive defensive lineman knows your coach one of the things they always tell you don't make this a one-on-one a personal battle mm. it's not a personal battle mm. you still have a team behind you go in there and get your job done yes and that's what he did yes and it's those moments where if you take your aggression and channel it channel it the wrong way you've made it a personal battle that's a huge delineation point john that's so strong because and see how it all wraps together too and this is exactly the point sam walker's making in the book it goes back to that conviction it is about the team goals Correct. it is about the higher purpose it is about you know knowing what we're committed to and we're that deeply committed and that deep commitment prompts those kind of actions and those kind of actions elevate everybody's game it it's like a rallying cry to everybody to get on board with their aggression in the right way as well. And we can do this, and we are going to do this. Those extreme, in a sense, uh, action-oriented expressions of of the rightly channeled aggression are powerful. And so how how are we going to live that out now? How are we going to channel that into our home life, uh, into our – you know, communities and, and whatnot. That that's the key for us to really process and, and start to, to apply. And it's applying it appropriately, first of all, because I will tell you, there are people out there and, and this is taking this outside of the This Stuff Matters podcast. There are people out there that through this through the game changer that you're becoming, they want to see you fail. Mm-hmm. They want to see no, that no. aggression come out of you to say, see, he didn't even believe it himself. Right. He, he, it was all a facade for him. Mm-hmm. Where, but it's that scenario of that moment in time of the proverbial poking the bear. Mm. The bear knows I can turn around at any given moment mm-hmm. and swat you away and mm-hmm. you would be hurt. Mm-hmm. But I'm, con- I, I, I'm controlled enough to walk away mm-hmm. to get back to where I need to be because why? I'm, I'm going to get my honey and my salmon and take care of my family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where you're going to apply it of if there are people who are telling you that you know, whatever you're doing, if you're trying to help the homeless, mm-hmm. you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't. But mm-hmm. I'm going to use this to show you I'm going to go find 10 people that are going to help me do yeah. this as well. That's that aggression that you're channeling it in a way of, first of all, I'm going to bring my, my sons and daughters and my yep. wife and we're going to start here as a family. That's right. And now you see my family of three, four, five, however many it may be. That's the first place where I'm going to channel it. Yep. Secondly, I'm going to go get my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you whether it be a physical person or, you know, 
not really there, just that voice mm. to show, yeah, let me show you what my aggression is doing is I'm here to prove you wrong that I can do this mm. because I believe in all of this. Yes, yes. And I think probably the key there, John, is what you pointed out just you know a moment ago is is even making sure we're super clear on what we're convicted of. I mean, what is it? What is our goal really? I Correct. Mean, you know, so when it gets cloudy and then it becomes about me or my reputation or all that's when I can slip and and blow it. You know, and the same thing you see on the football field or the basketball court. You know, becomes about now I got this personal vendetta. But but when it's about the other definitions of winning, when it's about the other objective, the higher calling that. The, then I can then I can control, you know the the, the uh, destructive expressions of of the aggressive <laughs> responses I want to you know I'm tempted to to lash out out of. You know, I'd, I'd love to share just one story, John. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, I, I've seen this kind of thing in action in my life um, in a family situation. My dad, um, you know, I felt like was an extraordinary. He's still living. Is an extraordinary man. Was was an extraordinary dad. And, you know, his, one of his actions, he's many over the years, but the, a big one, kind of that equivalent of uh, maybe the Jason Veritek incident or even you know, in the book, they talk about Bill Russell, for example, you know, the Celtics guy, his rookie year. This is fascinating. It's another thing I didn't know about until I read the book. There are even stuff you can go on, find on YouTube and stuff. They, they call it the, uh, the Coleman play. And so here he is, Bill Russell, 23-year-old kid rookie seventh game of the 1957 finals and it's this block shot that he executes when the guy coleman's going up for the game winner at the very end (laughs) and it's this hustle that is crazy and they i mean all of his teammates who were much at least his rookie year bigger stars than him they're kind of in awe of it of this play that he made and you're like i didn't know he was that fast didn't know he could jump that high whatever he was way far behind. How did he cover the whole court that amount of time? It was just this aggressive thing that com- really they all point to as elevating the Celtics for years to come. They're like, okay, that guy, you know, this, this look, at, we're going to be more like him. He, yes. he, he raised them all. And for me as my dad, so my dad's whole life story, his dad was a pastor and a farmer, lived in a very poor uh, upstate New York little farm that they managed while he pastored this church. And my dad was in Cub Scouts, and the Cub Scout troop took a field trip down into New York and, and uh, to West Point, the United States Military Academy. See all these cadets, and back at the when he, my dad was a kid, I uh, can't even imagine exactly how that must have struck him. The awe of the uniforms and the marching and the parades and the whatever, the pomp, the buildings and the river. And he was captured as a kindergartner. He says, "That's what I want to do. I want to go to West Point. I want to be in the army." And his out of high school, he didn't get into West Point his first year. But he was so, that was his, the only thing he ever wanted to do with his life. And so he applied again the second year. Somehow, amazingly, got in, went to West Point, graduated, was a career military officer, nice. wanted to go up. I was born at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I'm an Army brat. You know, I loved, loved that way to be raised. But so I grew up, my dad, so proud of him, Army officer. His, that was his only life goal. Well, We'd been in Germany for four years, come back to the United States. We're at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I was going into about the eighth grade, wanted to play college football, starting to show some signs that maybe I could, look like I might be able to. And my dad got uh, informed that he was uh, 
he got this huge honor. He made uh, the what the army calls the War College. Got an assignment to the War College. In his branch or his particular section, only two guys out of the whole army got selected for this every year. Wow! It's an automatic promotion, but it's a one-year thing. And after that year, he was pretty sure we'd be going back to Germany. And he, you know, what my dad did. You talk about an aggressive action based on convictions for family, in his case, for, for the well-being of his family. My dad retired from the Army instead of take that because, for me, basically. I want to move you. He said, you know, I, I think that my son would have an easier time or, or a better opportunity to uh, have a chance to get recruited to play football going to high school here in the States instead of perhaps back in Germany. Very cool. And uh, turned down an automatic promotion, big advancement, in the only thing he'd ever wanted to do since kindergarten to put his family ahead of himself. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Wow. And um, I just, I don't know, that, that's uh, Jason Veritek punching A-Rod's extreme, right? Uh, Bill Russell blocking that shot's extreme. Um, my dad. That's an extreme measure for, you know, a life goal. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know what, you know, what your or my applications will be day to day, or there may be one of those defining extreme kind of, I'm going to show love to someone. I'm going to put their well-being ahead of mine in a certain way. I'm going to pour myself out for the the good of others. Um, but this is one of the traits of those influencer game changer captains that he draws out that I, I the more of us that can live that way, the more this movement will will really uh, start to change things. And it's interesting, you know, full transparency, I'll pull the curtain back here a little bit. We were talking before we got started with this, and, you know, one of the key talking points we talked about was determination and aggression. And I use them as two separate, but think of it like this. Your dad had the determination to accomplish all that he mm-hmm. wanted to accomplish in the military, mm-hmm. but he also had the aggression to do something bold enough, strong enough for the betterment of his family. Mm. You think about the determination that we have to change this world, Mm. and we have the aggression to make that bold enough, that strong enough statement, movement, whatever it may be, to help change this world. And not choosing those two things as independent words, but for lack of a better term, cause and effect. Putting them together as a word of, it's starting with, this is my determination. My determination is, you know, changing this world for not just my my generation, yeah. not just my son's generation. I, I hope to see grandchildren one day yes. in the future and changing it for them. Yes. And if the aggression is to be that, you know, whether it be where we live, where we moved out to, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, coaching lacrosse and I know very little about mm-hmm. lacrosse mm-hmm. and giving up the time of doing something else if whatever the case may be putting those two as a cohesive unit together yeah. Yeah. that was that's where this kind of resonated with me when you told that story and putting those two words together so I wanted to you know <laughs> mm-hmm. give them where I, I as we started this it was something that we even talked about trying to understand it that's where I got it there at that moment of putting these two words together on how I can change of what my determination is to be better, yeah. to change things, but also taking that aggression to make that action of the change. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you for saying that, John. That's that's strong. That's it. That's where we imagine if a bunch of us 
you know, started living in that way a little bit more, you know, more, more and more, things would start to change. Well, Tom, you know, I plan on you and I being together for a while. So we got yes, some sir. time to work on this because I think what we're covering here in the captain's class, you know, there are things that are a step-by-step process that none of this is overnight. Right. None of this is in a week. That's right. It's that step-by-step process to continue and gradually grow. Yeah. You know, you, you look at a, Schwarzenegger and bodybuilders yep. and football players, mm-hmm. it wasn't just one night in the gym. That's right. It was working on the different muscle groups to build all of those muscles. That's right. And that's what a part of this and this stuff matter is going to be a part of is working on those different muscle groups in different ways where sometimes it's a lat pull down, sometimes it's a curl, and a different way to get all of the muscle to grow. That's it. And I know it's a strange analogy, nope, but... that's exact. I just, <laughs> it just brings back painful memories, that's all. <laughs> Tom, I am looking forward to the next one because I want you guys to know that you guys matter. And wherever you get your podcast, like, subscribe, and follow, and remember that you matter in this stuff. That's right. Thank Tom, you, until next time.